Art is to be seen. Yeah. You don't create art and put a bucket over it. You know, it's, it, it, it's yeah. what purpose does it serve? Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise Podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. There's buying art and then there's collecting art. The difference could just be semantics, you know, classes, hierarchy. You know, we love hierarchies. But I guess today, Mr. Kerry Davis showed me it's more of a mindset. Kerry is the esteemed collector that amassed an impressive art collection while working for 30 years at the USPS post office right here in Atlanta. And so how impressive is this collection? Well, it's right now it's in the middle of a five year national museum tour. And I went to his house doing an interview and he could easily have another museum show. Just what's in his house right now, like the stuff that I put my own eyes on myself. I'm talking Ron Adams, plates and prints. I'm talking Norma Morgan, Radcliffe Bailey, Mildred Thomas, Elizabeth Catlett, David Driscoll, Mo Brooker, Charles White, all hanging in his house. It's just a phenomenal place just to be, just to have this interview. I'm so honored to be welcome into his space. So we could stop and play this just like Carrie says as a human interest story. But this the noise, baby. We got to go deeper than that. That ain't enough for me. <laughs> Hell no. It's not just art he's collected. It's relationships. He knew Mildred Thomas. He fixed stuff in her studio. He knew Louis Dell's art. He ate pie with him <laughs> and picked up art supplies with him. This collection is his life story and the stories of the artists whose names are lined on that museum wall. But Carrie knew them as people, the people behind all those names. And you should enjoy this episode just for the stories alone. Just the Mildred Thomas stories are <laughs> just hilarious and amazing. But, you know, but if that ain't enough for you, I got more for you because Carrie talked about how he started his collection, the art he collected and why, how the tour started, the lives of artists that he knew and how he developed his eye. Learn this visual intelligence from the artists themselves in the studio. Mildred explaining what abstraction is. It don't get no better than that. <laughs> you can't take no class for that, baby. This is one on one. This is genuine Stuff that's happening is absolutely amazing. And I love that I'm able to bring this stuff to you. This is a good one for you today, baby. This one is another legendary episode. We've been on a roll lately. We didn't we doing all right with the podcast. Y'all holler back at your boy. Let me know if y'all enjoying the podcast or not. Cause this is I'm going above and beyond. And quite frankly, this is amazing stuff that you get to hear right here. Cause you know it's only for you, only for the fam right here on the noise. Studio noise, baby. The voice of black art, the best in black contemporary art by far. It ain't even nobody you can put on a checklist with us. We the best, baby. <laughs> Check us out at StudioNoisePodcast.com on IG at StudioNoisePodcast. Brought to you by Black Art in America, the Buy Gallery, 1802 Conley Drive, East Point, Georgia. And signing things on the way in the gallery, you can see the show, Better Days, Joy and Revolution, a printmaking and print process show. It's up through July. It'll actually, it'll be up until August 12th. That's when they have the fine art print fair there at the Buy Gallery. Better Days is already showing you the amazing print work that's available right there. 
We got wood blocks carved by Chloe Alexander and her prints. We got mylar separations by Carrie James Marshall and some prints. <laughs> he got hand painted mono print plates by David Driscoll and the prints. <laughs> it don't get no better than that. And the print fair is going to be just as epic. Make sure you put it on your calendar. Come on through. See some amazing printmaking stuff. And you know your boy love print. So that endorsement don't come lightly from your boy. Yo, I'm in this 100%. <laughs> yes, for sure. I'll be there. Make sure you put it on your calendar. Go to www.blackartamerica.com to see more. And now after the break, you get a lesson on collecting from the postman. Carrie Davis right here on the noise, baby. Yes. Hey, it's Ashley Lee, our collector and art patron, and you're listening to Studio Noise. The same question, I'll give you two different answers. <laughs> we gonna catch all of them. Today. I, I, thing. I think you got a, a, re, a reverse button or something. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. All right, it's your boy Jay Barber here with you, Studio Noise Podcast. We're not live at Bayer today. We live at the house of Esteem Collective. Uh, my man, my friend, I get to know like over the over the, the last couple of years, we've been knowing each other. So yeah. it's Carrie Davis, the Postman Collects. Uh, brilliant man, brilliant collector. Has an amazing collection. His, his collection is right now on tour. He'll be on tour for like the next, what, five years? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're two and a half years in, so the next two and a half years, but yeah. Yeah, it started in 2020. That's amazing, yo. Yep. but it's Carrie Davis is here with us on the show. Say hello to the people, Carrie. Hello, people. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, uh, it's, it's been something. Here at your house, man, it's, it's uh, your house is like a museum, man. Like You got like a lot of classic, iconic pieces here. A lot of artists in the collection that are just magnificent, just... Uh, the, the creme de la creme of of black art period that you got here on your walls, man. It's a it's a tremendous experience to be here and go through the collection. So yeah, here at your house, man, and uh, you mean you got Charles White, you got Lois Dale's art, you got uh, all kinds of people. It's, it's like hard to like name them all. You got Radcliffe, man. You got <laughs> Ron Adams here, man. You got all kinds of stuff. Mo Brooker. Yeah, Mo uh, Brooker, man. Like David Driscoll, Kevin Cole. William Majors. Uh, you know, we've changed out a lot in this uh, room. Um, and th- I call this the portrait gallery now. You mm. know, if you pick up this, uh, these are figurative works. But, uh, but maybe three months ago, you, you would have seen, you know, the... Charles Austin's, the Jacob Lawrence's, the uh, Alma Thomas's, the da da da. You yeah. know, just you were so just incredible, man. You know, and we so just made a shift. So. This collection, man, to me uh, symbolizes uh, commitment, right, and dedication to the artists and being in the artists' lives and uh, collecting these works that are. Just magnificent, man, and how you develop this eye for it. You're not trained to do it. No. Like, you're not, like, you know, nobody's funding this. Like, this all came from you. And 
Uh, when I first met you, got the taste for your collection was at the Clark uh, Atlanta Gallery. They did the Postman Collect show, mm. which showed a portion of your collection there at the at the at the museum, and it was just tremendous, man. Mm. And tremendous, hard to believe. Like this story of you working in Atlanta as a postman, and you end up with this legendary <laughs> like collection. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. It can too many big words I can use to, <laughs> to talk yeah. about this stuff, man. Well. Um, you know, in retrospect, I look back, it wasn't, you know, it's, it's kind of like growing up around those people, uh, just being a part of the time period, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, these works are the artists that they weren't recognized, not like they are today. And, uh, you know, when I started collecting or when I started buying art, it, it was maybe a decade and a half before I found out I was a collector because mm. I operated within a vacuum. I, it was just me, you know, and buying the things that I liked. And uh, uh, the art artists in Atlanta were so approachable. Um, and especially in the 80s, mm -hmm. they, there wasn't that many galleries out there to show their works. Not a many galleries out there today in, in Atlanta. I'm just talking about African-American artists, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just seeing some nice things uh, as far as my eye, uh, as far as collecting works, or if you say just some phenomenal works, I learned everything I know from the artists that I met and talked to and hanging out in studios. And, and there were things that I liked very much, didn't understand it all, but they could articulate what I liked. You know, and, and that's the relationship as far as knowing artists and uh, kind of hanging around. So they helped me a lot. Knowing Ron Adams taught me how to uh, look at prints, to read prints, uh, know a good print from a bad print, yeah. or what's off register, or, you know, th those type things, which I had no idea. But just hanging around and it, sometimes a little hands on, just assistance doing yeah. things, you know. That's uh, that's kind of how I, I started out. And, you know, and all of this is in retrospect now. So you you you're looking at almost 40 years. And we talking 40 years of relationships and 40 years of everything, you know. So and, and of course, when I first started, I was buying things that I uh, soon gave away as Christmas presents. Yeah. You evolve, you know. I, when I first started, I didn't, I couldn't appreciate abstract work, and uh, now I love it. Well, I started loving it a long time ago, <laughs> right? But yeah. it, there's an evolution, is but it point. took you a while to, to get used yeah, to it. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. And so, what was that? The one thing that I I find is amazing about this is you're not you're describing people that you knew, like these were your friends. Like yeah. you, you hung out with them. You got to spend a lot of time with them. Like you didn't just get this work from a book or a catalog somewhere. You got it straight from the people. Yeah. Nor a gallery. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's, that's amazing. Tell me about that experience. Like what, what really inspired you to start like to visit these people? Cause I know you said they were approachable, but it's different between, and I know cause I'm in Atlanta. It's a difference between me. It's just Jamal. I'm chilling. Like everybody can always come and talk to me. But actually coming to talk to me is a different step, right? Actually coming and coming to my house is a different step. Tell me, how did that start for you? Uh, well, you know, it, maybe being a postman had something to do with that. And that's uh, 
as a postman, you're just a part of the community. Mm-hmm. When I was on my route, you know, that just from people you meet on the route, you become a part of their families. Actually, when the mother and father go off and I can rat on the kids if they're not doing <laughs> what they But you're just embraced in the community. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was on business routes where um, even, you know, the, the gallery owners on the route who are very cordial, you know, but you get a chance to meet the artists in that setting. Then you, I met artists outside of the setting. But then you're an artist. I meet you and, you know, we click. Um, I appreciate your work. You're educating me. But then, and uh, I, I'm bouncing around, but, no, go, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Kevin Cole is an excellent example. He uh, is very supportive in the arts, and he'll have a function where all the other artists come over. And I get a chance to just talk, but, uh, but, but not only about art. We're talking about life yeah. and the issues of artists and the issues of just life and paying bills and being married and not being married and everything. So there's some, uh, you're able to get in their space. There's some, they're comfortable with you or whatever. And, and, and you know, and it just, just go from there, yeah. you know, just yeah. go from there. Being in that moment, the intention is not to put yourself in a position to get something for a deal. Right. It's not it's not about no. like weaseling your way oh, right, into right, these, right. these groups and no. spaces to make sure you can get but something. Again, when you get to know people, I, I understand you have children. I'm not trying to take food off your table. Yeah, uh, I have children. I, I have, you know, when the refrigerator break down, you got to you got to get the refrigerator repaired. Yeah, that's not my goal. That's not my motive at all. Now, uh. The reason why you don't see a lot more things because I couldn't pay for a lot more things, <laughs> and um, so you know, no, no, that, that's that's not that's not it. I yeah. respect you for what you do. I want you to uh, uh, have a good, celebrated life uh, because I've seen, uh, like I was saying, some of the forerunners, uh, uh, these older guys, they didn't get anything. I, they didn't live to see their day right now their work may be prospering now but it didn't benefit them yeah, but in their time they didn't yeah feel it. nope nope that's why i always say if you being ahead of i mean they'll say well this artist was ahead of their time that's not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> that it, it it really isn't if if you didn't get it in your time you know now uh it's a blessing to the world and those who came after but them personally, you know, it's always a sacrifice. Yeah. And so you got to see their lives in uh, a very different way than yeah. most people get to see. Yeah. Them. yeah. Like, tell me um, some of those stories about uh, getting to know these people and seeing, uh, you know, every when I look at, for instance, like a Charles White or Adele Sartre, I only see this beautiful, majestic yes. piece that they put time yes. into that is yes. wonderful, is presented properly, gallery, frame, whatever. Uh but at some point, it was just in his studio with him working his own personal thoughts. Like you say, married, not married, kids, no kids. Like, you know, what we going to eat, all this kind right, of stuff, right, like regular right. average stuff. So tell me about some of those. Well, I'll give you a good one. Uh, my friend Mildred Thompson, uh, abstract artist. Uh, she's just so yeah. smart. So, uh, I mean, she spoke a few different languages. You know, we I'd sit over there and... Uh, 
uh, some of the people from Europe come over, speak no English at all. But she would hold that conversation together with the group that wow. was there, you know. But uh, she struggled, like many, you know. They struggle, you know. I've seen, uh, you know, where you know the gas need to be gas bill need to be paid, and you struggling to do that. And uh, I, I would laugh and tease her because her, her prices. The closer it get to the first of the month, you get a better deal. <laughs> you know, if you yeah you 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 knew how how some of those things came in. Uh, Mildred, uh, she never sacrificed her her price or or whatever. Um, now she didn't live to see what's going on now with her work, um, but um, yeah, she she asked a certain price, and if you didn't do it, she would. I mean, she had so much pride, she would just uh, well, you wouldn't buy it, you know, you yeah. just wouldn't. But she would give you anything. Wow you want you know and i hey i had days over there when i uh one thing i'm a kind of handyman where i would uh um like put in the toilet or fix the faucet or repair that but that's not for a fee that's just my friend you yeah. know i would do that right. for yeah. anybody who who couldn't do it and, and you don't have the money to pay a handyman you know those things i could do but that that just solidified the bond that we had she uh, she had a blues band called We Do Blues, mm. and I had a guitar, and uh, they lived in uh, Grant Park, and I worked in Midtown. So when I get off work, I I come. I used to leave my guitar over there because I could pl- practice with them, and we were like kids. And uh, she'll meet me at the door with the cheapest beer you could buy. <laughs> I think it just had beer written on the side of the can, and uh, that's my baby boy. And we are getting there and make some of the most awfulest noise you could ever hear. <laughs> but those are the things that I remember. Those are the things that I miss so much, yeah. so much. And uh, I remember her telling me one day, she said, baby, if you want some art, I get some art. I, got <laughs> I have work uh, from Mildred that represents each decade mm. uh, that, that, uh, that she produced work. And, um, now, when I see her work in the galleries, uh, it's a bittersweet thing because I think that's Gallery Lalong. They're doing them real well with her work, and uh, the, the I, she could have used the money, right, right, to to just have a better life, uh, a you know, a more comfortable life, you know, yeah, than that. But yeah. uh, but we had fun. We still had fun. Mildred used to say, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. <laughs> and that's how she lived her life. And, you know, those little nuggets, you know. Yeah. And uh, she would, uh, oh, she would help me in that because, you know, me, I, you know, I read so much about these artists. And I always, I used to go down in uh, Clark Atlanta's basement at the time where they had their collection. And I see all of these magnificent. So it was just you know, starting out, I only knew about Jacob Lawrence and Romare Beard. And only because they were in the forefront, you know, at the yeah. time. But, man, I, I got down there and just go through their collection, go through their collection. I turn around and come back and go through their collection, go through that. And in my mind, I'm like, how museum ain't got nothing on this right here, you know? And, yeah. um, and you down there with your hands on it. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we, we just looking and learning. Me, I'm just, you know, eating it up. 
And uh, then I uh, find out about certain artists. I remember John Wilson and Norma Morgan. And I wanted to meet them. I just wanted to talk to them. And, and I was nervous. I was just so nervous. And uh, Mildred would say, well, why, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> Who are they? You know? And I tell them, she said, no, nah, baby. She said, if they are as great as you think they are, they're approachable. Mm. She said, greatness is always approachable. Mm. If they don't receive you, that's not what you want anyway. I dwelled on that thought about them. Uh, and, and, and that's how I approached them. But they were just as gracious as anybody else walking up and down the street. They, yeah. um, and I found that with the older uh, artists, they were just so appreciative that somebody was looking at their work. And most of the African-American artists, they wanted black people to have their work. So I never uh, try to get it and prostitute it or sell it or whatever you, you do with it. But it was just the time spent and drinking tea up in Boston with them. And I told him, I'm a coffee drinker. I don't drink tea. <laughs> and they just laugh and just go on and pay me no mind, you know. And uh, they got tickled at me because I'm, I'm a Southerner and had this draw. And uh, they were New Englanders and and so we was uh, we would always jab each other and uh, just love their stories, you know. And that's yeah. again, it solidified the bond. That's fantastic. We keep in touch, yeah, that's you know? fantastic. That's that's the that behind the scenes stuff, like knowing Mildred Thompson and then seeing her work. That's got to be a, a different kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and you know, and I don't know how many friends Mildred had because she she could be, <laughs> you know, she, she could be tough. She had a tongue on her. But, well, I guess there was no gray areas with Mildred. You know, she loved you. She'll support you. And her, her students loved her. Oh, yeah. They loved yeah. her. Uh, very supportive. You know, and if you were on the other side, well, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> and you've had a, the, another special kind of relationship with, like, um, Louis Dale's art. Mm. Uh, I walk around your house, so you have a lot of Louis Dell's artwork, even like stuff that he painted on the helmet and, and gave well, it to you and stuff yeah, like all kinds yeah. of stuff you have. But, in here. you know, I, I uh, helped Louis in a studio for years, you know, and so as an, of, like an assistant. No, I'm not. I'll never say I was assistant <laughs> because that'll tell that means that I had some kind of artistic ability. <laughs> you know, I was, hell, I was a laborer, <laughs> you know. So it was just, it was just hell. And that, that could be anywhere from going to binders or one of the art supply stores right, and, yeah. you know, bringing, picking up canvas or bringing gesso or whatever, that kind of thing, or coming in and building uh, or help build a crate or help stretch canvas. Uh, and I think most of it was just keeping him company. If somebody <laughs> just talked to him, he could just paint, man. I mean, yeah. he could paint to no end. Uh, after I retired, uh, Lewis and Larry Walker as well, I gave them uh, some of my postal stuff. I didn't know what he was going to do with it, but Lewis is very creative. So he took the helmet and painted it for me, and, uh, and, and that was like a retirement gift. That's awesome. Yeah, Larry Walker did the same thing. I called it the scarecrow, but Larry was doing these totems at the time, mm -hmm. and he made the postman— uh, uh, piece that's 
it's always the central figure on every venue that goes, I mean, that, that our uh, exhibition is touring. They'll have this postman out there with the hat on with my face in it. And if you look in the body of it, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, you walk in the post office and you'll see all these FBI wanted posters on there. So uh, I, I think I got H. Rap Brown or maybe some other uh, Black Panther people FBI poster. And I, I think the most current one to, you know, to date was was uh, Osama bin Laden. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, you know, uh, when I, I look back and think about, um, I mean, they show me favor, you know, no, no doubt. And it was just a relationship. You know, we had many lunches and dinners and whatever, yeah. you know, and uh, to see their children excel, you know, and it was, again, going back to the post office, I, I stayed there for 34 years, but you'll see, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll see a lineage yeah. develop, yeah. you know, you'll see people Generations grow up. People. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I hung on to my things. They just mean more to me then take it to the market and yeah. sell it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because so. it's, it's beyond that. Like, yeah. That oh, yeah. Point, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. How did you meet Lewis? I met Lewis. It's crazy. I met Lewis at the National Black Arts Festival in uh, Greenbrier. This is probably the first one they had. And uh, we were walking the Greenbrier Mall and everything, and uh, he was setting up. I had heard about Lewis and I had seen, you know, all the colors and, you yeah. know, I was just so attracted. And uh, he was by himself setting up and uh, I stopped at his uh, little table. He was setting up and I saw this beautiful watercolor and it. I thought it was like the Garden of Eden or something, you know, back there. And I, you know, I was trying to engage him in conversation, but he was still just fumbling, you yeah. know, like Lewis does. And I say, uh, excuse me, uh, how much is that? Nothing had a price on it. And he's like, what? Uh, the, the water cover, where? <laughs> what? That's him. I mean, that was just, he, he hadn't focused that day <laughs> and got nowhere with him at all. <laughs> and uh, it, that was my first meeting. And uh, I think he told me he had to wait until his wife get there before she had the prices or something yeah. like that. And uh, the second time, oh, I knew a guy who used to frame for him, um, Airport Fine Art, Stacy Thompson. Mm. Yeah, used to frame for Lewis. And I would talk to him. I said, man, he had, he had some of Lewis's work, too. Beautiful work. And, um, oh, one day, once we moved to this house, uh, uh, we had like an open house. You know, a lot of people had kind of found out that we were collecting and... You know, when I meet him out over somebody's house, I'm so, so we just had an open house. I say, okay, we'll do that, you know, which some we don't do often at all. Yeah. And uh, they came, and uh, I wanted Lewis to come so bad. I just wanted to Lewis because <laughs> I think a lot of people size me up as a mailman and say, this guy, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> and uh, uh, Stacy got Lewis to come. He said, Kara, tell you what, I'm going to let you borrow one of these paintings of Lewis and you just go, you hang it up in there and uh, that'll get his attention or whatever. He said, but he did. He got Lewis to come and uh, Lewis walked through the door and his jaw dropped. You know, 
he saw uh, the big Romare Bearden piece I had over there. And then he saw some of the artists I had out of Brooklyn that he recognized. And um, I think I think I got his attention then. Yeah. They, they didn't just kick me to the curb, you know. <laughs> and then we had this uh, uh, key lime cake. And, you know, he didn't even need a fork. He could just, he was all in it. He was just eating grapes and key lime cake. And Lewis, uh, he would study, he, he'd be nose to canvas on some of the work, just looking, you know, at, you know, how it was created and whatnot. But since that day, um, oh, also, I have an identical twin brother. <laughs> you do? And, yeah. And Lewis was standing in that, that room behind us over there. He looked at him. He looked at me. He, he didn't say a word, just constantly eating that cake. He looked at him. He looked at me. And Stacy got so tickled. And uh, I, won't re- I, I won't repeat some of the words of the language that was, you know, I, I know we try to get backstories, but some skeletons have to stay in the closet. Yeah. But uh, we had a wonderful time. But since that day, Lewis took my phone calls and we just we just got along. You know, we just got That's along awesome. very well. Yeah. Very well. I got a chance to see Rachel, his daughter, grow up, see it become a nice young lady, yeah. just a beautiful young lady. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. No, I like that, man, because um, the collection becomes more about uh, the story of a life than it is about sure. just monetary or investing or sure. like whatever sure. that is. And so here in how big is your collection? Would you say? You mean like, how many pieces? Uh, I I just kind of stopped. <laughs> you, you know, you know, saying that's crazy. Yeah, I just stopped counting that. At one point, I had got you know, I know it was like around three hundred, but I wasn't going through that flat file <laughs> trying to do all that. You know, to, yeah. and and then that stuff out in the cottage. It you know so. A, a lot of it or my first string you know i had framed up whatever and, <laughs> and displayed but uh i you know maybe 500 three five yeah so. i mean that's a lot of a lot of work yeah and was it any uh way you were designing your collection as in uh, were you picking particular sizes, particular mediums, just or whatever you like, whatever you get to? Right, right. So, no, to answer that question, no. You know, and we don't have a, a very large home. Uh, I just, you know, it just if I find what I like and uh, we just, it'll find its own, it'll make its own space. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Know, so. And so while you were working at um, U.S. Postal Service, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> for all this time running your routes, did you have a budget or something that you were using or were you like, how did you do it? Because I think that's what most people think about when they first hear like, oh, man, this guy that worked at the post uh-huh. office. Yeah, I remember this guy, Dr. So-and-so, I won't call the last name. He walked in and uh, as he was leaving, he came to the open house. And uh, I heard him reach back and tell Stacy Thompson. He said, "Damn, what kind of mailman is that?" <laughs> <laughs> he sell drugs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did I have a budget? No, never had a budget. No, you know, I never have a budget. But you know, you you can buy what you want. Uh, you know, you if you uh, just stop and think about. It. Now, I didn't have much of us uh, like a. You know, if you consider like 
back in the day, uh, Mr. V's and Wild Cherry, all these club things yeah. in my 20s and stuff. I didn't do that. You know, my disposable income, if I had any, you know, I buy what I like. I did what I like. And I had a, a, a Datsun. It wasn't even a Nissan. <laughs> I mean, I drove it till the wheels come off. You know, I. If it was just dependable transportation, yeah. you know, where my, my, you know, my brother, they drove Mercedes. Well, one of them did. They drove uh, more. But um, my my income, I chose more of a cultural uh, route. You yeah. know, I just. Was that early on? Did you always feel like that? Like Yes. Yeah. And well, yeah, I was in my 20s. So, yeah. 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 But when did you know that, like, that was your area of interest because like doing stuff like going to the Clark basement and going through the collection and like studying and asking these questions, like that curiosity, like did that develop like early on too? Uh, yeah, but thanks. So, um, but you know, I collected Marvel comic books mm. and, uh, but I just, I liked, you know, I love the Marvel and the DC comics and, uh, those type of things. So I've, you know, I've always had those, uh, you know, proclivities that started there, yeah. collecting things I like. I had little model cars that I kept and collected. Uh, so, you know, I always had something of my own, you know, yeah. just something of my own. Yeah. And it just switched to art. Yeah, after that's a while. all. It just came natural. Yeah. You know? Do you remember the first piece you bought? Uh, uh, no, I know some of the, uh, I mean, they were pretty hideous. I mean, you know, and they may have been some friends just doing some stuff, you know, it yeah. wasn't, but I was just trying to find something to decorate, uh, my little home. I bought a house when I was, I may have been at post office for a year or so, uh, before I went to the post office, I worked as a, uh, carpenter uh a carpenter's apprentice through they had this urban league program mm -hmm. when i was uh, when i was discharged from the air force and um had a, bought this little house i still have it over in decatur and uh, uh i wonder if, if the term man cave i don't even think was around <laughs> during that time but i was trying to do something that was kind of masculine you yeah. know but also ethnic. I didn't just want a picture. I wanted something to show. I was a black man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I bought me a house. My biggest this room right here. We sit yeah. And uh, so you know, that's that's how that's how that's how that started. You know, but again, there's this evolution. You know, and I started. Uh, you know, the things you just see. Good times came on ahead to Ernie Barnes, mm. and if you listen, they mention uh, Charles White. And, you know, out of Chicago and that like that. And then the Cosby show came and I saw, you know, the, the different works and almost right away, I recognized each piece of, wow. uh, on the Cosby's walls. I knew the name of those artists because, you know, I had David Driscoll's Two Century of Black Art and and uh, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois. uh uh, catalogs, just early catalogs that, that you would see. Yeah. So, uh. Thank you for everybody that came out and supported the Black Art Family Reunion. Now we got another one. Make sure you come out to the Buyer Gallery, 1802 Conley Drive, and check out the show Better Days, Joy and Revolution, a one-of-a-kind printmaking and print process show featuring contemporary and Maxter works 
from Richard Mayhew and David Driscoll to contemporary works from Rashawn Rucker, Coy Alexander, and your boy Jay Barber. 1802 Conley Drive, right around the corner from the Tyler Perry Studio and the airport. Come see, come collect. See more at blackartinamerica.com. This is uh, Aaron F. Henderson. I'm a narrative artist working in the metro Atlanta area, and you're listening to Studio Noise. I hope people can hear that type of education that you went through, like being there, even the experience of actually talking to the artists about their work and having these long term relationships where you can see them experimenting, pushing sure. and changing like over time. Um, tell me like the value that that had for you to have these conversations with not just professors or somebody else, but the actual artist that's doing it like in front of you. Well, uh, I mean, that's, you know, people, how did you develop an eye? That's how I develop an eye through those artists. You know, I started, I began to see it like they see it Mm. or like they, they taught it, you know, and, uh, uh, that was, you know, excellent. So now when I go to the museums, uh, I can almost anticipate or I can see where the artist is going with this. You know, I may not be able to articulate or, you know, verbally, you know, yeah. whatever. But, you know, the I don't lie. Yeah. You know, you get uh, visually literate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I chose my work, you know, through subject matter and then through what I think is just uh, great technical skills, you know, but there's always an emotion behind it. And especially for someone who uh, I've had a relationship with, you know, I could see uh, um, his procession or his progression, you know, and uh, some of the things that came about to uh, that he even created the work, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's good. And then, you know, and I go back to the older artists uh, that I've known and I'll see things in their work. And I, I remember the stories of their experiences. And it's like they're telling me that story again, you know, so it's right. real. you can see it. Yeah. All in yeah, the work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I would love to have that kind of context with an artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of these artists that you have like on your walls here, like having these kind of personal relationships uh, with people, like who was, who was an artist that you um, were surprised that you got to, to see, or is there one? Um, yeah. Al loving uh, came to my house. <laughs> Did uh, Richard Mayhew came to my house, and and those are the things that just blew me away. Yeah, you know because uh, they I so much respected their work, and you know, and just growing growing up, or just I mean, when I say growing up, I mean being starting off as a just an ignorant, don't know, never had an <laughs> art class, never had you know that experience through academia. Yeah, but. I got to know them, the artists themselves. And, uh, you know, I've read about these people and da, da, da. And then uh, one day they're sitting in my living room or sitting in my room and I'm talking and we eat sandwiches and just talking, you know, about art. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and uh, you know, I must say, I'm blessed. And, and and I'm and I'm not talking about uh, just with the relationships and the richness uh, of it all and uh, the desire for me to have this uh, know them or meet them. Uh, it's just been a blessing because they 
you know, and you think about all the, the artists they know. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's my introduction to them. Yeah. That's you know? a lineage. Like, yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's how I'm just going along for the ride. At some point, you decided or you stumble into the situation of being able to show your work, all the work that you have collected in the shows and museums and galleries right now. You have to show this on tour, uh, memories and inspiration. Um, tell me, how did that process develop? Like, when did you make that decision that, like, this is something that needs to be seen? Yeah. Well, you know, I say uh, walking through this life. Uh, I've said this a few times. If you've seen the movie, A Forrest Gump, uh, that's kind of how I feel. His life just parallel all of these amazing events in in the world and whatever, whatever. And that's the journey that I feel like I'm on, you know, just bounce through. But uh, uh, the how that really started, it started at Clark Atlanta University. One day sitting here, and uh, not only have I met artists, I've met a lot of art patrons mm. and, and there's a lot of people behind the scene that do does wonderful things. A lot of them are anonymous people, but I've had the privilege to meet a lot and, you know, and just listen. Uh, this couple, Brendan and Larry Thomas, very, Thompson, very well known in Atlanta yeah. and in yeah. other parts. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan is a, a good friend. Well, they both, they're friends, you know, and they support me and Betty, me and my wife. And uh, I, I met them through Freddie Styles. You know, we go and there's just six degrees of separation. We, we'll probably get back to Jesus if we, <laughs> if we keep going back. But uh, uh, one day, uh, I just talking to Brendan on a phone call. And I know at one time, you know, after I retired, uh, we were talking about what I would like to do, you know, you know, going for And I was like, I don't want a job. I don't want, <laughs> I know what I don't want to do. I don't want a job. I ain't working no more. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do something. I was trying to find something to do uh, in my passion. You know, some, at some point, you, you want to enjoy what you do. So yeah. if anybody you know, come out of college or not college or whatever, and you get a chance to work in your passion. That was one thing I saw with artists. And I know I'm bouncing. I get that. No, no, you're good. Uh, Yeah. When you're an artist, Mm -hmm. but you can create, you know, you might teach on the side of whatever, but you working in your passion. That is, that's a blessing. I think so. That's just absolutely. A lot of people can't do that. Absolutely. But anyway, back to the story. Uh, (laughs) She said, Carrie, she called one day. She said, how would you, uh, she said, me and my husband, me and Larry was thinking about doing something for the people in Atlanta. And uh, I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to feed the homeless or something. <laughs> uh, she said, how would, you like, uh, <laughs> how would you like, uh, how would you like to show part of your collection? Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we'll do it at Clark Atlanta. We'll do a catalog and. That kind of thing. I said, sure. You know, sure, sure. I mean, and, and I do. Art is to be seen. Yeah. You don't create art and put a bucket over it. You know, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's yeah. what purpose does it serve? And, we, uh, you know, we didn't mind because uh, for years, just right here, uh, my, my community, my little parishioners, my church folk, and my cousin, and, you know, 
they'll come in and it, it wasn't based on coming in and watching art but if you came to Carey house you had art yeah, you know art there, yeah. and then you know then of course 50 percent of them prefer the coca i mean you know coca-cola or pepsi or something rather than but you know it was here but it was always a topic of discussion and that type of thing so that's how that started you know we talked to tina dunkley and the ball started rolling and uh you came to the opening yeah i did it was amazing yeah it was it was amazing and uh i had no idea that was when my eyes opened that other people eyes open you know so with that catalog um and the catalogs are very good. They're like business cars. You don't know where they may go. <laughs> the people in D.C., Washington, D.C., saw it. They somehow got a copy of the catalog. And they said, oh, wow, this is good. This is a you know, good human interest story. Here it is, blue-collar guy kicking it up and down the street. He got <laughs> artwork. Yeah. So um, they, uh, they approached me. And, uh, you know, and I, uh, they asked me that uh, – was I interested in touring the uh, the thing? I told him, well, here's the thing. I have no money. <laughs> I have no this. <laughs> Only thing I have is artwork. Yeah. And you have to insure it and secure it and da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, you know, we, we could do that. And they said, okay. And there's some other benefits that came with that as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was good with it, you know. And, uh, oh, I also ask that I be a part of every aspect of it. And this is the learning uh, Mm -hmm. part of it that I wanted to know how this will turn. I have other friends who have amazing collections. And, hey, maybe one day they may want to do something like that. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Hey, (laughs) come to me. It's free. I I can drop that on you. And uh, so we did. That's how that started. And um, it first started in... 2020 at the Gilcrease Museum in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when we left Tulsa from the opening and came back, COVID came. Wow. <laughs> and in my mind, I was saying, isn't that just like that? I said, now it's going to shut everything down. Yeah. The exact opposite happened. Wow. The first contract I signed was for three years. Within about eight months, it's totally signed, uh, you know, filled up. And so they came back and wanted to know if I wanted to do another four years. And I said, oh, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and uh, we kept on. And I told them that if uh, we do it, you know, I'd like a catalog because when it, it first started, I didn't have a catalog. Oh, and I exchanged some works out. I was able to swap right. some works out. That was what out. I was going to ask. There's a new version of the yes. Postman show. It's not the same. No. No, well, I mean, some of the same pieces right. in there. But, yeah, I got a chance to. I wanted to put some younger, uh, more contemporary artists that I had in there. You yeah. Know? And uh, they agreed, but I, I would only agree to two years. So that's how the five-year total came in. Yeah. So and it's it's just been a blessing from every stop, every venue, you know, it, the ones that I've gone out to and I come out to these communities and, you know, live in Atlanta, you get a, a, a false perception of the African-American population. Oh, what do you mean? Because it's heavy in Atlanta. 
<laughs> but if you get in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right. you, it's not, it's as, not yeah. there, and you get into some of these Ocala, Florida, you you won't see uh, some of it. But my point is, they came out. Whoever is there, they came out, and I get a chance to meet and greet the the artists of color in those communities. Yeah, and it's been great. Yeah, you know, it's been great. That's fantastic. And so I guess that has over time. Uh, has it refined the story of your collection? Because I mean, oh. now you're doing like all these talks and you're going to music, like, oh, you're, yeah, you're, you're a jet setter. People don't know this now. Well, you, you'll be going to all those I'm, spots. I'm, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a cheap date. <laughs> you give me, you give me some cheese and grapes. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. So we, yeah, we get a chance and I'm just meeting people and talking, being a part of, you know, some of the zoom programming and, educational programming and aspects of certain things and hey then i hit their town they take me to their museums and they share and it's such a learning experience for me yeah and uh i'm i i i still get surprises you know from time to time thinking that i've run the gamut and it's time to uh uh-uh. I'm seeing more and then I'm getting a chance to meet newer artists, younger artists and seeing what they're doing. And uh, it's just an amazing ride, you know, yeah. it's just an amazing I ride. I love that. You were telling me about uh, Thaddeus. Tell, tell me this yeah, story. This, this was the most story. recent, yeah. most recent. Um, uh, we The show opened at the August Wilson African-American Cultural Center in uh, Pittsburgh, which is a uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to misquote. It's a huge venue, and uh, the, the 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 display or gallery space is beautiful. Also, the, the different stage. You know, they do a lot of the uh, performing arts there. Uh, just a beautiful place. Wonderful staff, and we opened there June the third, I think it was. And um, uh, you know, we're there, and and uh, you know, they they ask you to say a few comments or something like that. And then uh, I see the young artist, but I had heard from the director that that is Mosley is coming. And I'm like, I had heard his name before, but I just got more familiar with him here just in the past year. And on uh, New York Times, it is huge spread on him. This guy's 96. He'll be 97 years old in, in July. And uh, I was so honored. I was so honored that he would come to yeah. my and you know for all of these years of my life I've been chasing <laughs> I've been chasing them but I was so honored that he would stop and come see us yeah and uh, when he um, asked me he bought a catalog he asked me to sign his catalog oh wow uh, no he asked me to yeah sign his catalog. And uh, that, that just, you know, that blew me away. That just blew me away. And, uh, you know, later we went, well, the next day, we he invited us to his studio and to his home. And just to see the history mm-hmm. of all the jazz greats and all the artists he knew and, and the stories he told. And I love to sit down with seniors because uh, they make it plain. And, uh, you know, how I could see people or read about them and they, uh, you know, I make them out to be these big, uh, larger than life and all of that. No, no, he bring it right down yeah, and just keep it right there, you know. I love and, it. And uh, just the wisdom of it all and how they were so 
underrecognized, you know, just mistreated. And, but that was just the way it was. And they took it in stride. But, you know, throughout all the obstacles, it only just made them stronger. Yeah. And not bitter, not bitter at all. And just as pleasant and gregarious. Um, and it, it just it just teaches me patience, you know. Oh, yeah. It just uh, it just keep me there, man. Yeah. He, I want to be like him. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I want to be like that. I want to live that long, but in great health, yeah. you know. Um, just a joy. I look forward to going back to Cincinnati. I mean, uh, to Pittsburgh as well. So yeah, I, I love that. And yeah. we were talking a little bit about that story and, and talking about um, how artists uh, get to hit certain levels. But only at certain times, yeah. like only when it's time for them yeah. to possibly be controlled or yeah, have somewhere the, in the marketplace that is specific for them. And we know he 97, so he ain't going to be doing it too the, much longer. Yeah, and it can lock stuff down the, and yeah. tell a different story than maybe than what you intended. But hopefully what you were saying, where his work is going for, like how much is work going for now? Well, that's over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, and it's not going down. You know, <laughs> we getting quarter million, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, you man, know, that's fantastic. Like, and you're taking care of uh, all yeah, these generations, yeah, but yeah. like this kind of story of his mastery. I mean, how long has this guy had to be making art at this level that is now getting recognized? He's probably been doing that for thirty years at least. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody cracked him at six decades. Wow. Six decades. Six of, decades. Of, of, That's of my making life. Art. Yeah. That's my <laughs> <laughs> of making art. Just imagine like the type of experience and the level of work he's been making for so long to now he's getting recognized. Like now it's 95 and he's been doing this thing, but he's lived a whole life. Yeah. You know, but uh, he's lived a full life as well, you know, and, you know, in, in your mind, I'm thinking. If if I'm to be a millionaire, why why couldn't it have happened when I was in my thirties? You know, I can't even get out of a Porsche now. You know, you say you I, I want all these things I want. I can't. You can't. You know? Yeah, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> oh man, I love that. Is there any pieces um, when you were creating the show? Uh, were there any particular pieces that you knew for sure this piece has to be? in the show yeah uh uh the jacob lawrence builders uh piece um build a series number eight mm. and uh it's a pencil drawing it's a graphite drawing and uh i most love uh draftsmen i love uh the, with the hand of charles white john biggers was a, a, a great draftsman but that particular piece is uh I, I, it just kind of exemplified my life and uh, well, I don't know about my life, but interest um, when I, I, I was always like my mom's handyman, you mm. know, put the screen door in when we reckon it, you know, put <laughs> yeah. the screen in the door rather, uh, you know, just kind of do a little repair stuff. I took, I took pride in those things. And uh, again, you know, when I left the Air Force, I worked as a, I trained as a carpenter mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Jacob Lawrence uh, collected tools and carpentry tools and those type of things. And um, when my mother died, you know, we had just a little insurance money for uh, each of us. And, um, you know, our first thing I said, well, I'm, I'm going to pay all my bills. Uh, then I woke up. <laughs> 
you know, really, you know, 30 days, I'm being dead again, <laughs> you know. So anyway, I forgot about that. But I said, I get something in honor of my mother, uh, uh, but it'll be something that I really like and embrace. And uh, Jacob Lawrence, actually, it was his work. It was he, I, who I met, uh, that I was interested in collecting art. I was buying art when I first started. Right. Buying and collecting is two different things. There's a level of focus there in there, you know. And uh, I was so inspired by Jacob Lawrence's work um, uh, because it had just kind of regular people uh, in it. You know, and I remember asking him when I had the opportunity, well, why you make the hand so big? Oh, this, you know, these hats look like uh, rectangles or squares or triangles <laughs> or something. And, you know, without anybody talking down to me, uh, belittling me, he was saying, well, this is a cubism. And uh, he explained cubism to me and it clicked, you know. And uh, he was telling me about the hands being oversized. What he said, he's a, this is a working class people. This is what I'm trying to convey, you know. And that resonated with me because that's what I am, yeah. you know. So I could see myself in the work, you know. So it wasn't just these funny looking people with box heads <laughs> and stuff. It's just, you know, knowledge is just a beautiful thing, you yeah. know. Uh, when I understand it, look, I'm, I'm looking at this piece and you're looking at the lines and curves. I could see the beauty in the torso of this uh, Basil Watson sculptor. But um, so it was that Jacob Lawrence piece. And it's a drawing. You know, it's just a, well, not just a drawing. I, I, that's my favorite medium, a graphite yeah. drawing. You yeah, know? that's so, it's so pure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I wanted that. I called a gallery. He didn't sell work. Uh, but I called uh, uh, Francine Setter. That was his gallery in Seattle. And I talked to him, and they sent me, you know, back then they had slides. I, know, I guess you remember slides. <laughs> I remember okay. That, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then she told me she would give me a 10% discount because I was a collector. <laughs> I was just, I was beaming. <laughs> but uh, at the time, that was the most money I ever paid for a piece of art. Yeah. Yep, that was like $5,000. Man, I was stressed out. <laughs> you know, like when you buy your first house, you're like, oh, yeah. oh I, I need it, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I did never regret it. It was a very emotional purchase. And, uh, oh, and I did use the layaway play, and they offered me that wasn't, <laughs> you know, but that's how, that was in 19. That's how you got to do it, yeah. Yeah, that was 1986, I think it wow. was. So, hey, we paid it off. Well, when did you feel like you changed from a just a person that had art to a collector? Because you mentioned it like a couple of times, like the difference. When uh, it, it people changed me after people in the art world had come by here and they started to say, oh man, this is a wonderful collection. Oh, Richard Mayhew told me that, uh, he said, you have a, a artist collection. Mm. He said, this was my friend. I knew him and this is something. So you got an artist. I had a Emilio Cruz and he started going down memory lane. Wow. So it was speaking to his memories and inspiration. Some of them he called MFs. And <laughs> no, that was, I, I don't want to put that on Mayhew. That was uh, Alonzo, uh, Al Loving. Right. But, but no, uh, but Mayhew, Rich, Mr. Mayhew said, you have an artist collection. You know, I knew Norman Lewis. I knew Fletch McCall. We used to play cards together. I knew, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's 
when it registered with me. You know, I thought so much of them. If they, I, he had no reason to be shining me because uh, he don't know. I mean, we just met, but there was no reason for him to yeah push me on like yeah that, you know yeah. So, so did you and you did you feel different after that after you like had this revelation? Well, not really. Uh, <laughs> not, 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 he just put a different name on it. He just, just put a different shirt. name yeah, on just it. Just change the shirt. That's all he did. Look, look, uh, uh, what's that? When it come out, oh, July the fifth, I still got to pay Georgia Power. I still, you know, that that didn't increase my you know wealth or income. I have nothing coming in, so yeah. not really. But I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man. I, I love it. that. I love that. And you know, is is this type of thing? And um, sitting here talking with you, and I hope people feel it and and hearing your voice, man. There's a joy to it. It is. You know? It is. It is. And uh, when I uh, like, you know, you you out in the street, and I, I delivered mail, and out again, this mass African American community, you know, in the neighborhood and over the section, old Atlanta, we call Buttermilk Bottom. Fourth water, fifth water. You got uh, it. You get it. Yeah, I, I don't even know what we were talking about. We we took a break and came. <laughs> yeah. Take it from the top. Nah, nah. But I should have wrote it down. But <laughs> I didn't think about it. Um, but just mention what you just said. Uh, mention it like um, when the stuff comes comes back uh, to you. What are you gonna do with it? That's a problem. <laughs> so, you know, I realized some time ago when we start framing everything that I had out kicked my coverage. So um, I'm preparing a place now um, for art storage, period. But it'll be on property, you know. Yeah. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have a space uh, to do so. I just have to make it ready for that. So. Yeah. Uh, that's where we are today, <laughs> and and here in your in your place you have a lot of great flat files that are just full of stuff. Uh, just you have a fantastic eye for prints. Uh, I gotta tell you that because I I really enjoy like you got some real jewels, yeah. uh, print wise in, inside of your collection. Is how much of your collection do you think is prints or works on paper compared to uh, frame stuff or or paintings? You know. <laughs> Well, if we say works on paper in general, I would think so. More works on paper. And and, and here's a, a, a silly thought. Now, I'm saying this for every uh, new collector because they generally have this perception. I remember when I, you know, kind of first started buying work, I'm like, I don't want no print. <laughs> I want an original. <laughs> But, you know, that's just uh, a lack of education, yeah, really. Yeah, um, I've had that conversation of, oh, yeah. more than once. Uh, a print can very, very much be original. Yeah. Oftentimes is original, yeah. you know, depending on the type print. Uh, and it was the uh, being around Leon Hicks, um, Ron Adams. I learned that... Uh, there's a very intimate relationship between the technician and the printer. Sometimes the artist is not the printer. Uh, yeah. You have somebody to work with them. But that collaboration, there's, I guess I'm saying, there's so much work goes into what they are doing. 
you would have to come away with a much greater appreciation uh, for that print. And uh, it, it, it just, for somebody to say, uh, well, I don't want a print. I want an original. Yeah, it, it is very much original. I have prints that I love. And, and that's, you know, and some of the artists is, Catlett, you know, maybe known for a sculptor, but she was a printmaker. She yeah. she made prints. And uh, you know, and there was like Lou Stovall made prints. Yeah. That was his yeah. thing. That was his you know? yeah. thing. Uh, so, you know, yeah. you you come to appreciate people for what they do. You know, I I might see a Lou Stovall all on canvas. It it won't bring me the satisfaction <laughs> of a, a Stovall silk screen. Yeah, you know, you know yeah. yeah, yeah. So and and uh, just like, you know, everybody else, hey. I uh I put screens in my mama's screen door, but you want to see Carrie <laughs> Davis at his best, you give him a bag of mail and tell him to get out there and get it. You know, that's my thing. So, you know, you, you meet people where they are and appreciate them yeah. for what they do. Yeah. You know? And I like uh, that. yeah, same thing, Doc's Thrash. Uh but not only that, uh, Rembrandt, he was a portrait painter. But I greatly admire his etchings. Yeah, those etchings are great. I think they are, you know, except I thought that was his best work. But that's just me. Yeah. And, you know, the cool thing about that, uh, art is so subjective. Yeah. yeah. Anything is a moot point. You say anything, <laughs> that if, I, if that's what I believe, that, then it's true, you know. Yeah. And it can change over time, too. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so before we get out of here, I gotta gotta mention uh your wife a little bit. Uh y'all been married a long time. Yep. Yeah. Coming up on 30 years. That's what's up. And so how much uh, did she uh play into this obsession that you got with art and all that? Well, it took her a decade to get on board. Yeah. At least. Uh but she she came on board and but it was the relationship with the artist first. Then she gravitated to the art. Yeah. And that is the God's honest truth. Yeah. It was the relationship, but she loved Mo Brooker. She loved the colors. And then the lesson to him, he talked to us about, you know, his father was a minister and he was the seventh son of a seventh son. And uh, Betty's father was a minister and, and, and they're both was in Philadelphia. And, um, uh, they, I mean, they just hit it off and we sat in a, a studio and he's listening to jazz and he just going to town, you know, he's just, <laughs> just going to town and, uh, just great visits, great stories, you know? And, uh, after that, she became more interested in the artists and their backgrounds and those type of things. Yeah. And when I could fill her in or get her caught up, you know, another thing. <laughs> so she see it much differently yeah. now. And we go out and we just meet wonderful people now that that we're touring. And, oh, man, we have uh, uh, just so many new friends, you know, new forever friends kind of, you know, things and stuff. And they're so inspiring because we'll get out in some of the communities and they're doing charity work, charity work. They're giving. They're giving. That is so inspirational. You know, it's infectious. So we're we're trying to line our thing up how we are going to do it. And if we can get the art to be the vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the hook to bring people in and get the attention of, uh, uh, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. 
you know, everybody get inspired and just a good thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that, man. And and I got a feeling you might be like me where uh, anytime all my friends are artists, like period. Oh, okay. Uh, but all of them like my wife more than me. No, <laughs> I, no, I, no I. That's probably why you had to introduce me to <laughs> your wife. <Yeah. laughs> she take all our friends. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate you, Moon. Let me in your house and uh, sharing these stories, man, and, and getting to see the show. I hope I get to see another version of the show at some point. Um, it's traveling all around. What you got coming up now? Uh, we're Pittsburgh, leave Pittsburgh. We'll go to California, California, coming back to Pennsylvania to Harrisburg and Wilkes Bar. I know it goes to Law, Mississippi. It ends in Oregon. Uh, it goes back to Oklahoma, but I think it's Oklahoma City this time. The first time it was in Tulsa. Um, and it's, it's it, you know, I'm sure I forget something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep you updated here. But look, you, you know, if you need an exhibition, you just come on over and uh, we just have, well, I, it's enough around here. to. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is an exhibition already. <laughs> it's an exhibition already. You know, I hope to do a print exhibition someday. Oh, yeah? Yes, oh, I do. Oh, man. I, I would be. I, I hope be, to roll. No, I'll be rolling I, for I that. sure do. And, uh, for you know, for each uh you know, time they tour stuff or have exhibition, everybody have their own curator, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I always try to interject this and put, and so often, many times, they tell me to stay in my lane. <laughs> so what I want America to know right now, I'm going to do an exhibition that I curate. <laughs> me, I'm going to put the, what I want in there, you know. Everybody have their own narrative. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I stepped on that foot or something like that. <laughs> How but, dare you? You know, but What's it's your okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's okay. I feel like I'm playing with house money right yeah. now, so uh, they can do that thing. But one day, yes, I can't wait for it. I will curate my. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for it. Do you, do you have anywhere where people can contact you? Maybe get a catalog or something. From, you know, uh, international arts and artists have uh they they handle catalogs the catalogs that i i uh, received were uh were for my archives and my family okay. yeah you know so and i don't sell catalogs they they do and each venue that the show goes to okay uh they they sell catalogs but yeah international arts and artists uh it's in washington dc so okay uh, yeah, yeah we'll put a, we'll put that information out with the mm-hmm. episode make sure y'all get one of these it's a fantastic Woo! show this work is amazing incredible. i'll sign it i'll sign it free <laughs> i'll sign it for yeah. you hey buddy we'll get you a sandwich or something you come by the house. <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate you man it's been wonderful no talking problem to you, man. i enjoyed it Another episode of Studio Noise in the bag. Big shout out to Carrie Davis being so welcome and let me in his house see his collection. It's great stuff, yo. Next week, I don't know what we're going to have. I got a few deadlines, but I'll be back with more noise guaranteed. And all my artists out there, don't let the deadlines get to you. It's just a sign that you're doing good work. Keep your head down. 
keep making that noise baby that's what i'm talking about we are all gonna be busy one day <laughs> it's your boy jay barber i'll see y'all next week peace thank you for listening to the studio noise podcast subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise follow us on instagram at studio noise podcast <laughs>